I would say make sure you're talking directly into it. Sometimes you move and you like we lose you, and then you're back. No. That's what I get for not for using a handheld for three weeks, where I can just like. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> All right, Chris. It's enough out of you. Red, red, red. Get him stopped. Get him stopped. Welcome to Open Red Credentials Denied. Your home for World of Outlaws and dirt car conversation and news. On this week's show, the Big Cat cuts into David Gravel's point lead out west. The Super Dirt Car Series gets ready to rumble in the hills at Atomic. And we catch up with Atomic track promoter Charlie Best as he gets ready for this week's action. I'm Mike Warren, and joining us today in studio are your hosts, Nick Graziano and Chris Dolak. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Open Red Credentials Denied, Episode 4. We've made it to the fourth one. We've been doing this a month already, guys. They let us continue. It's pretty big. Right? But Mick left, though. So well, it's just down to us three. It's a, we're a little He's scattered a little at the sick. moment. There's nobody to, nobody to you know, hurt us in the right direction here. This is scary. I guess that's got to be me. Oh, that's even scarier. Yeah. You know, we got a big week of racing coming up. But before, obviously, we get to that, you know, a lot, you know, we, we could, California swing continues. I wasn't the only, I'm now not the only one to cancel a race in 2022. <laughs> you know, but we got Merced in on Friday night for the sprint cars. You know, we'll take a look at that. We'll take a look. Atomic coming up for the big blocks this weekend. Got an interview with the promoter of Atomic, Charlie Vest, coming up. And, of course, we will take a look at our picks and preview the weekend. But we'll start off with what happened at Merced. Obviously, you guys watched it by now. You know what happened? Macedo picks up the victory, but there's a couple. Spoiler! Of, you gotta say spoiler alert first. Oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. <laughs> if you Monday, haven't watched it, <laughs> if you haven't seen it in the vault yet, uh, uh, Carson Macedo wins. The race was was Friday night or early Saturday morning, depending on where you were. <laughs> yeah. You know, but hey, Carson uh, Macedo comes up with the victory, but uh, that's I don't think that's really the biggest storyline coming out of there, to say the least. Well, you know, California guys again shine out there. Um, and uh, Macedo has definitely got some momentum now. Uh, I what what struck me, I was just impressed with the facility uh, when we first went out there uh, mid early 2010s, whatever that was. Um, Sammy won those three races. That was a, I mean, it's still tiny. Obviously, it's a quarter mile, but it was really tiny, tight. They've made some real nice improvements out there. Place looked great. It was a huge crowd. Uh, it was just real. Real nice way to kind of get rolling, continue the momentum out in California. So, um, but, you know, racing wise, um, man, you know, Shots has got some bad luck. Um, I mean, that's just stuff that was happening there. <laughs> I was like, man, he can't, he can't buy a break right now. Seems like, I don't know if maybe it's just, uh, I know sometimes he's not, look, I guess better to say the quarter mile tracks don't always suit him. And it seems like that's kind of showing here in California because obviously it seems like they're kind of in that position just because they're not up front. They haven't been in those that top six or eight or whatever for the dash. So they've been a little bit further back, which tends to lead to some of, uh, I guess, uh, accidents or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. <laughs> Mistakes. It's just, it's just, you know, you, you're you're putting yourself in a spot where you're you're less in control of what's going to happen. You have to force the issue, perhaps maybe a little bit, but um, you start to see other guys that uh, you know maybe are not as uh, up to speed, up to pace with what you're trying to do, and all it takes is one guy spinning, and boom, your your night's changed completely. Um, but you know, up front was pretty wild. It was pretty fun. I mean, it's been really fun to watch yeah. uh, Macedo race. He's uh, 
driving like he's got nothing left almost. It's just, it's, it, but it's a little, it's trying to say this the right way. Obviously we know Carson is an aggressive driver and you see that he's doing it a little more methodically, I guess I would say. It's not just always just throwing it in there and hoping it lands, but I think he's a little more calculated with obviously still throwing it in there. It's making it fun to watch, but I think it's a little more calculated than before he's learned and it's showing to uh, work for him, obviously. (laughs) And this was obviously the first race, I think this year where, where David wound up having some bad luck, if you will. Um, Didn't, I don't, didn't exactly see what caused it to cause him to get down in that lower wall there, but uh uh, obviously, that uh, that's going to be a bit of a points tightener. It swung it down. It's down to ten points already. And, and the cool thing, and I also want to mention, the long season. Yes, very long season. I know I, I've been the biggest. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I've been the biggest one to say that. But the cool thing I liked during the, watching the race on Friday, you had that Dervision has the live points now. That yeah. updates. I got to give Gravel some credit on the resiliency. You wouldn't think sure. getting back up to fifteenth is a big deal, but with Brad losing the lead to Macedo late. That was a that was a swing. It went down from what would have been a four point lead leaving to now a ten point lead. Again, it's early, but those four points when it comes down to Charlotte could be a whole different animal, and that could be what wins it. And that that's what wins championships. Getting back on on that racetrack and getting a couple positions. It's a pretty interesting top five. Obviously, it's still super early, so everything can change. But it's a pretty interesting top five that we have right now. Uh, Gravel, Brad, Macedo, James McFadden, fifth. I think Sheldon is in there in fourth. I think that's yeah, Sheldon's fourth. Yeah, so we've got. I think it's and then I mean, you still got Logan who can come up there, Don who can come up there. A lot of guys. I think that whole top five is just going to be changing all year long. Well, the top nine, and again early, but the top nine are separated by ninety eight right now, and Elias sits ninth. Yeah, which I mean, I think I think it was. Uh, Chase Rodman, who said it on the broadcast, I mean, if they can keep continuing as well as they do and are up there in points, do they stay full-time? Do they decide to run the full tour? Maybe. I mean, they're competing with those guys, staying up there pretty well, so. Gio's also seventh. Yeah, uh, he has there's a, another one. I mean, the, both the Celsies have been, you know, pretty good. Dom as well. I mean, he was, he was flashing it out there as well. Yeah, it's... I, that's what I love about bull ring racing. A lot can change in one night. You're never, the race is never over. Right. I don't care what anybody says. Cause you have enough laps to get into lap traffic most times, unless it's within five on a restart. It just, you know, the, the, you're seeing things that happen and it's just, when you think back to previous seasons where a guy like Donnie or Brad, where they went through over a year without a DNF over, you know, it's remarkable when you just see now what it, I mean, one guy spins changes your night and you think over the course of seasons, how these guys avoided any of that ever happening. And, and that's the stuff that, you know, you think about a Knoxville and what it takes to win a Knoxville nationals and, and you know, how much everything has to go right for that to really happen. And it just, you know, obviously the competition right now, I think we talk about that every year. The competition seems to be tougher than it's ever been. It's hard to say. It's like, yes, right now. I mean, look at the point. Look at the guys out there racing, and every night there's somebody else in the mix. There's somebody else putting it up on the front. the The dash is tremendous because every every night it's a different mix of guys, um, and I don't see that changing for quite a while. You, you talk about things that haven't happened in a long time. I think one of the most surprising stats that Chase Robin was reeling off for the weekend. 
I forgot Brad hasn't won since Labor Day weekend last year, which I know that there's not as many races, obviously, with the offseason, but it still seems like that's a long time for Brad Sweet. I think that annoys him, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it does, and I'm sure. Way to go, Mike. Well, you know what? I, hey, I, I'm just, Brad, I'm just stating Mike. the facts. Just call I'm Mike. just stating the facts. Yeah, well, he, he said it like he's got these championships now, so he, all he wants to do is just go out and win. So I think the fact that they're not winning is probably pretty frustrating. I'm sure he's obviously he's a champion. He knows it's good to finish well. He's getting good points finishes, but I think he wants to go out there and he wants to win 20 races a year. And the fact that they're not doing that right now is probably really annoying him. <laughs> well, I, I'll say, so we're coming up on a couple of races, uh, racetracks where uh, I know at Paris, and I, we'll get to this a little bit later in, in the show, but when you look at the at the guys who have won Paris before, they've been in KKR cars. That, that notebook over there for that track has to be pretty good for those guys, I'd think. And obviously, dirt tra- things change. We all know that. But I'm thinking that, you know, that Brad should have a pretty good notebook for that track based off of the way that that team has performed through the years at that particular place. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, I mean, it wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if you also see, you know, McFadden up there, obviously, with the, the Roth situation, too. But, again, yeah. we'll get we'll, – We'll get into that a little bit later. But before we got that, we got big blocks coming out this weekend. It's going to be great. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of Atomic Speedway, and we're going to have Charlie Vest joining us on the show. We'll be right back here on Open Red Credentials tonight. Ever wonder what drivers use when they're working at the track? Our good friends from DirtCarLifts.com provide the perfect setup in the pits. Catch both our World of Outlaws case construction equipment late models and World of Outlaws NOS energy drink sprint car teams using them throughout the season. That's DirtCarLifts.com. Well, welcome back to Open Red Credentials Denied, and it's a big week for the Super Dirt Car Series. So the Big Block Modifieds make their first trip to Atomic Speedway, and I'm going to go with Chillicothe after, you know, trying to figure out what town this track's exactly in. Waverly, probably technically, if you were to map it out, but Chillicothe, Ohio. So, you know, south of Columbus, Ohio. So if you're in both, make sure you go to Atomic Speedway. <laughs> That's yes. right. Yes. That's right. But th- this place, Chris, and I know you and I t- talked a little bit beforehand, this place has just been excitement for its entire time that many of our different series have gone there. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about, you know, we were coming to Atomic and, and you know, we have Atomic stories. we got stories everywhere we go, of course, from different tracks and things that have happened, and there's usually a lot of humor in them. But when we, we talk about Atomic, it's like I can't think about it except for that the 2007 race, it was McCarl's wave at shots. Um, and maybe we can get Mick to cut some clips of that soundbite in there, a Bobby Gerald going, he just waved at him. He waved at him. Shots with uh, about six or seven laps to go. We were, it was, you know, backing up a little bit. We're doing a live ESPN broadcast. Or it's, well, we were, it was almost live. Um, so it was back in that summer uh Summer of Money Tour, we were airing these shows. We were turning them around from a Saturday night to a Sunday morning and uh, took all our effort to get that done overnight. But, um, you know, we brought in Musco trucks. We brought in everything to to make this uh, be a spectacular show. And here comes McCarl, about six or seven to go. And in, at that point, you know, McCarl and Shots and those guys were battling for championships, championships and stuff. And, um Terry puts it up on the on the high side, drives by Donnie on the outside, waves at him. Inches in front of the 24 car. And when you say feather to feather, it takes a lot of discipline. 
lot of he waved to him. He just waved to him. <laughs> that's a that's pretty bold. I have to tell you, that is pretty bold. And the caution comes out. Uh, one lap later, Steve had run out of fuel, so we cut the break. Come back. Oh, we're in an open red uh, for fuel. Now, now you know, McCarl's going to restart, but he's going to have shots right on his tail. Who's going high? Who's going low? It was an incredible finish. Um, under red, Sean Buckley's interviewing Donnie, and Donnie's going, yeah, well, I'm just trying to win a race. Sounds like he's trying to get on TV. Well, I mean, it was just spectacular theater, uh, not to mention the fact that the racing was incredible because what we see at Atomic and what you'll see this weekend is high bank racing, short track, you know, it's phenomenal. Um, and, uh, you know, it wound up with, uh, Terry giving Donnie a big smooch in victory lane there, which, you know, Donnie was trying not to crack a smile, but it finally, at some point he finally broke up like, okay, this was actually fun, you know? And so, you know, that, that's a, the old, the old, uh, the wave story, you know, Terry's done it before, but, uh, to do it in, in front of that audience was pretty spectacular. And, uh, I know he sold some t-shirts and whatnot. It was a, it was a great, great way. You know, so, um, but yeah, so we're heading there this weekend again, we get to go back. We've got all four of our, we've got the, not just super dirt car series there this year. We got world of outlaw spring cars, world of outlaw late models and our new extreme outlaws spring cars are going to be there as well. So, um, uh, it's a, it's a busy season and we'll, we'll spend some time in Chillicothe this year. I think this is the first track that'll host all four. You're right. Premier. Yep. Well, actually we had. Volusia. Oh, Volusia. Volusia, yeah. So, um, second then this year, which is still uh, pretty cool for that track. It'll be... Uh, first track in Ohio. Yeah, first track in Ohio to do so. Uh, new for a lot of these guys. Very new for the Super Dirt Car Series. They'll be making their debut at that track. Uh, I think this will only be their eighth race in Ohio in general. Um, so, it'll be pretty cool just to kind of s- expand that series a little bit more, a um, little bit wider reach. Agreed, because I, I know I don't think it gets talked about very often, but it's very rare that there's a track that they've never been to on the schedule. We'll we'll have some lapses where you know we won't right. go to tracks for a while, but so this is a whole new ball game, and it's anybody's ball game coming up this weekend. Well, we're gonna hear from Charlie Vest here in just a minute, and uh, he's a real interesting guy. Uh, I had the chance to meet him down while we were in Florida and uh, working with some promoters at the uh, RPM workshops, race promoters. Uh, workshops down there and uh, his level of energy is extremely high he's very very passionate he's a racer Um, he's a racer who is uh, now running a racetrack and that's always a unique thing it's a presents all sorts of different perspectives which he'll talk about Um, but uh, he's got some great programs both for his weekly racers what he's doing for nationals tours coming in uh, talking about the the buzz that is going on there right now for this big race coming up this weekend, the Rumble in the Hills um, with the Super Dirt Car Series. So um, I, it's, it's going to be good. Let's hear from Charlie as we get ready for the Rumble in the Hills at Atomic this weekend. And joining us today is Charlie Vest with Atomic Speedway. Thank you for joining us, Charlie. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, so obviously uh, we have the Super Dirt Car Series coming to Atomic this weekend, uh, making their debut there. Uh, but also we have our four Premier Series going to the track this year, which is pretty cool. we got the big blocks, sprint cars, late models, uh, and the extreme uh, outlaws, which is pretty cool. Uh, kind of talk to us how you got involved with working at Atomic. <coughs> well, I grew up uh, out in the hills and uh, out in the Huntington Hills, is what everyone calls 
called it near the racetrack. And, uh, I'd been to the, the track, you know, multiple times when I was little and I moved away and, and, uh, got into racing and I'd always love racing, but never had the money to do it. So, um, we, uh, when I ended up back in Ohio, I wanted to race something, didn't know what it was going to be. And, uh, I got a hold of a friend of mine, uh, who knew Danny Smith, who Danny Smith is a hall of fame sprint car driver. And Danny kind of led me in the right direction. He and another good friend of mine that lives close to me, Bob Tucker. And, um, we, uh, started racing and then, you know, some things had, had come along with the racetrack that, uh, was an opportunity maybe to, to step in and help. And, and we did that a couple of times and, and then uh, late last year, uh, you know, some other things transpired and, uh, the opportunity that was given for us to kind of just come in and, and, you know, come in in a, a, a way more major role. Uh, and then it just kind of really, uh, progressed really quickly. Uh, the opportunity came to, to purchase the track. So, uh, we were kind of reluctant, but we did it and, uh, we couldn't be happier. It's been, um, it's been a crazy road since August. It's been, we've learned a, a ton, uh, especially just going to things like the RPM meeting. And, uh, Hey, I've been really surprised at how helpful, uh, the community is. And when I say that, I mean, even the tracks, um, I was, uh, Jim near has been helping me. Jim owned the track, uh, for years. And, and, uh, I, I really call him. I, I blew him up this past weekend with our weather. Uh, we had Lucas oil and, you know, it was such a big event for us that, um, you know, I was pretty, pretty nervous about making these calls and, uh, just people like Jim and, and everybody else that I've met. Steve Parton was there. He owns Brush Creek, uh, running legends cars. Um, you know, I've met so many different people and they're all, they're very helpful. They're, they're actually genuinely helpful too. So, um, it's been, uh, it's been crazy. It's been interesting. I mean, we're, we're glad to have her. She's, uh, she's, uh, definitely, uh, got her own personality and, and we've had to adhere to that and, uh, try to make the best of it. Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of cool stuff going on out there. Um, kind of talk about, and obviously, I'm sure uh, track promoting is way different than anything uh, with racing. You, you touched a little bit about it, but what kind of goes into that business and uh, just trying to just figure out what is best for each weekend, whether it's your weekly racing or these big events coming up? I mean, you talk about uh, a 600-pound gorilla. <clears throat> a racetrack is um, it's pretty insane. Uh, it's it's a lot of of small businesses bundled into one. I made the joke when we were trying to get our pits concreted that, um, I might as well start a development company because I own, I need to, to properly take care of this racetrack. I need enough iron that I could have a small development company, but then I'm also in the hospitality industry because, um, to properly have a, a facility that, that has what it needs, you need to be able to run, you know, the, the concessions like a restaurant business, uh, it's an entertainment venue, you know, so now you're, you're live entertainment. Uh, then you have all the interpersonal things you need to deal with when it comes to, to HR and the people and bringing people in. And, and today, you know, in, in our, our environment, the way things are you know, economically, it's, it's such a, a weird time. Uh, but the, the best thing about it is, is the people that are at the racetracks, whether they're the workers, they're there. I mean, the, the staff, um, the, the, the track support, uh, all those different people, they are, um, they're all into racing. So it's really cool. So the craziest thing about all of it is just how many legs it has. And it, and it really does. And you, 
you have to learn that each one needs its specific attention and there's no way around it because um, if you neglect one or don't do what you need to, that then will fail or you'll see it, you know, you'll see it in uh, the lack of the, the lack of response to the problem. You know, the solutions don't come as clear because you really need to focus on, on all aspects of it. And it's been, it's been really crazy. The, the businesses that I've been in in the past are kind of like that. I'm kind of scattered professionally on things that I do. They're very, they're kind of diverse on, on what they are. So I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm good at it or kind of the jack of all trades, master of none kind of a deal. Um, but it, that's exactly what it is. You just have to make sure that, you know, the attention is in the detail because if you don't get that, uh, and man, talk about screwing up, you know, we had so many things that we did not do right on Sunday. Um, you know, I feel, I feel bad for the guys at Daytona. Now I see, you know, the, the struggles of opening up with a big race, but, um, but it's just, uh, it's a big animal and you have to groom each piece properly and you have to, like I said, give every single piece its own attention. And, uh, but other than that, it's been, it's, it's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, it really has been a lot of fun. It's super tiring. Uh, it's super taxing. I have, you know, some other things that I still do. And, um, it's just one of those, it's, it's, it's definitely a change of lifestyle. I mean, you're not going to get into a race. I mean, I don't have the money just to buy, you know, to pay a thousand people to come in and run it. So I've got to try to learn each and every one of those pieces and hopefully find the right people to, to put in so that we can run, you know, an, an efficient, efficient, productive uh, event and, and take care of the, the facility and the fans and the racers and do everything we need to do. For fans that have come for years and years uh, to Atomic, when they come this year, is there something different that they should be looking for? Is it going to have the same look? Uh, uh, what are your plans there? Right now, it does have the same look. Um, you know, we're we're just trying to <clears throat> polish up some procedures. We now the pits. Uh, we poured some concrete pit stalls. Um, Lucas, yeah, nice. Lucas was the first to get there. They loved it, you know, and it worked out for us really well. And that's I was really curious. Uh, every year, I'm trying to do something for the front gate and something for the back gate. And um, and this year, the back gate got you know concrete pit stalls. Uh, and you know, the front gate, we're trying to give them, you know, efficiency and some other things, but what's really hard is some of the ideas that we have that we want to do. We weren't even able to put those in place because the workforce, man, it's so hard to get people, yeah. you know, if, if we would have had 17 more people, we could have put them on to work. Um, you know, we have a staff, uh, we had, uh, 39 people working last night. Uh, we could have had 55 and been just fine. And, um, and that just comes into it. You know, you really have to suck it up and spend the money. And if you want to do it the way you want to do it last night, we did not do it the way we wanted to do it. I mean, there were longer lines of the concessions than I wanted. Um, now some of the things that they'll see throughout the year that we just hadn't had a chance to get to, we're going to widen our midway, which makes it a lot better for, you know, our, our, our fan vendor zone that we had talked so much about wanting to get to, um, our, our package when we, we started buying this thing has taken freaking forever so we didn't get you know normally this is something i learned the hard way normally you shut your track down you know and all the work starts and you just start tearing the facility in half uh and then build everything back and we didn't get to do that we were just kind of you know tiptoeing around a bit because we were trying to figure some things out um i bought you know it's like the bleachers you know we worked the deal on the bleachers and 
guess what? No bleachers. <laughs> and everybody's like, you know, where's the bleachers? I'm like, oh, they're laying in a pile over there. Um, but there's so much, again, it's one of those things that there's so much more that goes into it. And if you don't do things properly, you're just, you're going backwards and we're not going to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a person. I don't have a hard time making a hard decision. I'm, I'm like, when, when you come to it, you know, it is what it is. And you, I had to make the decision of, all right, no bleachers this year. It's not going to happen. Not half of them, not a quarter of them, uh, because there's so much survey work and so many things that go into doing things properly. And I think that's where maybe sometimes I've seen tracks get into trouble. They want things so bad. They do want to do well. And I think they get pushed. And when you push, um, you know, errors are made. Y'all know that. I mean, that's life. I mean, anytime we, we get in a hurry, we, we make mistakes and I'm just trying not to make a, a small mistake that, you know, in the long term will just not, you know, not provide us the results that we want ultimately. So, um, we will, we're going to do our changes literally over the year. Uh, as we go on, we have a laundry list of things we're going to do and we've just come to terms with the fact of it's going to happen we're just not afraid of making it happen throughout the year. So uh, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to baby step it all year and then, you know, shut her down in October and, and then just tear the place in half and put it all back together again. Well, just thinking about this week here. So the Super Dirt Car Series has been at Sharon Speedway, and it's been over to Eldora. So it's been on either side of Ohio, but it's never been in the middle of Ohio. And now, you know, what What do you expect? What are you hearing from your fans? What, what kind of buzz is going on right now there with the – the big blocks coming into uh, the heart of Ohio, so to speak. It's crazy. So I wanted to have them. I was talking to some friends, and and um, I've, I knew some people that had gone to the Bristol race, and and you know everybody always talks about those modifieds, those modifieds, and 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 then you know I, I'd seen them, didn't really pay a lot of attention to them, and when we were in Charlotte, I don't know what about them, man. It really caught my eye, and I'm like. You know, these things are freaking cool. I'm like, you know, they sit in the middle of the car. They smell wonderful. They should put that stuff in a perfume bottle because I'd wear it. I mean, I love what, whatever that fuel concoction is y'all run. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and, and the show is always so good. Um, and, you know, that's what you're looking for as a promoter. You're like, what will your fans, you know, sometimes the fans just don't know, you know, until they see it. And when you bring those big blocks in, they sound good. They smell good. They look good. Um, you know, you know, why not? Why not have them? And the I think the hard thing is with getting them here is the timing. You know, scheduling a race in Ohio in March is tough. I mean, look, this past weekend, you know, it was a yo-yo trying to make a decision. Um, hopefully, it looks like right. I'm not. I don't even want to talk about the weather because the weather, Mother Nature, and I really need to sit down and have a talk uh, because we are not on the same page right now. Because you know. She showed me sunshine in 70. She showed me rain in 50. Then she backed it back off again. I mean, she was all over the place. She, she needs some Prozac or something because this lady is uh, really needs some normalcy. But um, we um, we were just it, – it's so hard. And, and you know, once the big block gets up north, they, it's really hard for them to travel all the way. You know, their, their schedule is aggressive in, in their region. So I've got to take whatever opportunity I can get to get them down here. And, you know, once I start talking to Dean and – you know, it looked like it was a possibility. I just, um, and now the, geez, the response we're getting. I mean, I've, you know, Lucas is coming. You know, we get a lot of, a lot of questions about Lucas, but I've gotten more questions about the big blocks. I mean, that's all you hear, big blocks, big blocks. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I really, I really hope they respond to the big blocks the way it seems socially 
Um, you know, all the questions that we've got and everybody's been, you know, really, really curious, really interested. What's, what's cool is, is like, you know, if you go to Florida, everybody in Florida is from Ohio. Uh, but it's kind of neat because I've met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm from, I'm from New York. And you know, we used to go, you know, here and watch them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, you know, they're coming. So bring you and you know a thousand of your friends and, you know, let's, let's have a good time. So um, I'm excited. I cannot wait. I think it is going to be a great show. Uh, Dean was watching our event last night and said he's super excited to get on our track. And uh, I think our facility really matches well with that car, with our high banks, you know, three, four lane racing. Um, I think, I think the big block guys are going to dig it. And, and I'm really, really glad they're coming. I think too, Charlie, it's something I think the fans are going to enjoy as well, because I've heard a lot of fans trying to, that want to make the trek down because you, like you said, the scheduling portion, putting it in March, it allows a lot of those fans to get here too. And I think they're all excited about coming to your facility. Yeah. Uh, the hotels tell me that, uh, our hotels are booked up, which isn't saying a whole lot in Chillicothe, Ohio. I mean, it's not like we got, uh, you know, a, uh, a plethora of hotels. I mean, we have like five. So, uh, but yeah, they are. They're booked up. Um, they're going to do some cool production stuff while they're here. So, our the community here is, you know, it's a it's your average royal community. Um, and it, uh, you know, when something like this comes in town, it's exciting. You know, it's talk, it's chatter. And uh, I heard some some guys from from the local Rotary and the Chamber of Commerce and stuff. They're like, hey, you know, you know, this race you're having on, you know, you would you would be what this is also helping me with is locally. A lot of the people for some reason somehow. I uh, don't know about Atomic, you know, that, that it's been there for, you know, 70, 60 years. And, you know, how do we not, you know, how do we not know about Atomic Speedway? Well, things like this are part of our plan to get, you know, the local community involved uh, and, and really branch out to get it. So uh, it's, like I said, it uh, all, all arrows point to a success right now. So I hope it doesn't prove us wrong, but, yeah, everybody's. I think everybody is really excited. Not only the fans coming out of, you know, the the New York region and you know Upper Pennsylvania and those areas, but just locally, there's a lot of people that are really, really excited to have them, and um, I am too. So now I'm, everybody was asking me last night in the middle of the night if I was nervous. I'm like, nope. You know, like once you get to the track and it's race day, there's no more nervous. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, you just don't have time. You have so much stuff going on. You know, people in the wrong reserve seats and people in the wrong pit, you know, parking spots and you know, just silly stuff. It's, it's, it's go time then. And um, this is when you're nervous. You know, now we're, you know, trying to do our homework and, and work out the bugs from, you know, what we found on Sunday. And like I said, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. And I, I think of people in our area, not just the people that are coming from, um, from that, that from the New York and that, you know, upper, I guess I'd be the lower Northeast Western quadrant of the North Northeast, but um, everybody's excited, I think, for this event. Like you said, uh, there's just trying to get the word out there about Atomic, trying to get the word out there about the big blocks. What do you think has been working that has created a lot of that buzz and excitement and people um, just uh, wanting to come and see it? Yeah, we're, we're PR guys. We're looking for what you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. That's, you know, the bad thing is, I've made this statement before. I don't know if you guys have watched you know, any of the other interviews I've done, but you know, social media, you know, it's, man, it's the necessary evil is what it's turning into right now. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's really one of the few mediums you can, you can really track, but I think the word of mouth, you know, I think the, the people that are racers, um, they do a good job. No, I mean, not 
when I when and I I even sometimes call the fans you know part of that racer group because they're the ones that talk. They talk a lot, and you all have seen social media, and they talk a lot, a lot. So, <laughs> um, I I just think it's really the the uniqueness of it. Uh, anytime you do something different, I mean, you know how people are. If there's a you know new restaurant that opens in your town, the place is flooded for like two months. Uh, I think we have that scenario going on where uh, it's new, it's exciting, it's not not been done. Uh, and anytime you can say that, I think it perks people's interest. Um, and you know, we just use you know the word of mouth, the social media, and you know all the average things that you can do, you know, to just try to get the word out and get people to understand. You know, it's a little weird here because when you say big blocks, you know, a person that's not really a race fan or really have been around it wouldn't really know what you're talking about. Um, so then you've got to start that conversation with them, get them to understand what it is and, and let them know like, Hey, these guys are going to put on a show. You know, if you like this, you know, I've, I've explained to people, I'm like, take a sprint car and a modified, you know, make a child. That's what you got. <laughs> you know, he's got this, you know, center cockpit, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, just, you know, go see it. Like it's springtime. Like why wouldn't you want to go and, and watch some racing? If you're a race fan, you know, go now, go before it's 95 degrees outside. You know, it, it got chilly last night. It was a great night. And that's, that's kind of how, kind of like, you know, the, the guys in the Northeast, they're used to getting these, these wonderful days. We're going to have one today, 70 degrees, sunny, um, take advantage of those days. Um, and, and as long as, as long as the, the community and we do our job with just trying to get the broadcast out, get people to see it, you know, and let them know that it is unique. It is new. And it's something that, um, uh, kind of, uh, it really just, you know, it's, it's, it's exhilarating to watch you guys roll. And with Atomic being as small as it is, uh, it was funny because the Rumble in the Hills thing, we had always had, there was a Rumble in the Hills on, on the schedule before, you know, I didn't make that up. That was there. And it just happens to be the big blocks get the Rumble in the Hills. It couldn't be, it couldn't be better. Yeah. It's a perfect combination there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so just a little bit about yourself. We know something uh, kind of interesting. I want to see if you had some time to talk about um, your stint in doing some uh, NASCAR truck racing, some ARCA racing. How did you get involved with that? Well, I had um, <clears throat> I was lucky enough to to, to sell a, a business and um, had some money and had more money than brains and <laughs> and uh, was doing pretty well. And I had a financial advisor be like, "Hey, you need a you need a real expensive hobby." And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, if I could find that guy now, but, um, <laughs> but uh, so I did, I found the most expensive hobby you can have. It would either be like this or like horses. So, uh, and I'm definitely allergic to horses. Somehow. But um, so, yeah, we, um, I was the, I was the average guy that, you know, loved racing and, you know, you know, wanted to, you know, wanted to go racing, didn't know how, I mean, I've got pictures of me at like racing schools. I mean, like I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I didn't even get in a race car until I was 30. And I mean, I'd always loved it. I'd always wanted to do it. But like I said, I just, I just didn't have the money. And, um, just, <clears throat> I had a passion for it. Like I said, I was spending money there for, like it was water for a while. And, um, um, just ended up, uh, doing like a, like a little driver development deal down in, in Orlando. Cause I'm, um, I lived in Orlando about 20 years in central Florida and, you know, did that deal and, and had, uh, you know, some people go through and, and had, uh, um, uh, kid, uh, Brian Silas and his family, they came through and 
you know, they were, they were willing, they were as, as sick with this stupid racing thing as I was. And, uh, we, uh, you know, they wanted to move up and, and, um, you know, we just kind of rode the train with them and, and we were doing a crazy good business in central Florida. I mean, we, uh, we were leasing cars and, you know, got the toter and I had a guy that <clears throat> had just came available and Mike Williams and uh, he was my crew chief and was my partner. And, and when we started this company, Volusia County race cars and man, we were just killing it for a while. Um, <clears throat> I had always aspired to do better and, and, and kind of keep moving with it. Uh, so we started, you know, I moved up with them, started spotting with Silas and did a, you know, just kind of really the, the progression just pulled me up through, um, you know, to North Carolina. And, you know, then we ended up, you know, an opportunity came uh, around to, to get with uh, Chase Mattioli racing. And that was, uh, uh, the deal we did with the Mattiolis in, in Pennsylvania. And, uh, we did that. So, uh, Andy Hillenberg, who became a good friend of mine, he and Brian had, uh, ended up racing with the Arca car with him. So, you know, the opportunity arose here and there to, to run Andy's car. So I did. And, uh, which was, you know, the, the first real big race I did was actually the, the race at, uh, Springfield and I ran a dirt car at Springfield and got out there, you know, one lap. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't, what is going on? Like, this is insane. You're racing on a horse track. You know I mean? I'd never been on dirt and we finished like eight. We started like 20 something and finished like eight. Here's how crazy that deal was. Our pilot that flew the, the King air, um, his name is Steve Blunt, who that's how I met Jared Frude that, you know, ran the all stars and, and, um, and is, is works with Tony. Um, he was my spotter. Like we had no spotter. And I was like, Steve, you want a spot? And he's like, uh, sure. And I was like, all right. I'm like, cause I've done a lot. I did a lot of spotting for Brian, some other people. And I'm like, let's, uh, I said, look, here's what we're going to do. Just, you know, when I get here, just do this. So I ended up kind of spotting for myself and Steve got all spun out during the race and I had to calm him down and I'm in the car and it was just, it was crazy. The whole thing was crazy, but we did, we came through the field. And I told Andy, I said, this dirt stuff is awesome. I was like, I've got to do this. I'm like, this is so much fun. And uh, that's really kind of what sparked my interest that day, man, was insane. And uh, so, so you know, I had the Mattioli team, uh, you know, ran it for a few years and and uh, then, you know, ran some races myself. And um, and then uh, Silas actually came back in and took that, that team over. My daughter was born in 2011, and last time I was in a truck was 2012. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, definitely interesting to see just people's backgrounds of just how – crazy they can be uh sometimes what they're involved in and how they get to places uh, and i heard that is it that one of the your weekly champions will get a chance to test a truck is that what something you got set up there uh actually they're going to test the arca car uh that's a deal that i had okay. uh, worked out with andy yeah i um <clears throat> i um the deal with tyler carpenter you know i think that's a great deal you know i and it's not always <clears throat> and i try to get people to understand this because we were doing the driver developments we had a lot of people coming up to us you know, that had kind of seen us progress up and, and the racing game is, it's fickle. It's very, it's tough. Um, and <clears throat> it's weird because, you know, a lot of dads for a long time would come to me and be like, you know, what do we need? And, and, and you have to really give them some hard truths and you have to let them know that it's, it's a tough deal. And there's some sharks out there, you know, you gotta be really, really careful with this stuff. And so I have, uh, try to get them to, um, just the people that are new, try to get them to understand, like, look, you know, we, we've got to do, we've got to do something to get these people exposed 
to different levels of racing, different, you know, things that they're not seeing. These local guys need to at least be able to see it. And as long as they can see it, then that's, that's kind of what I want them to see because I, I had a lot of fun coming up through and I want them to understand, you know, cause a lot of them will get this crazy idea in their head of what, you know, NASCAR is or what, you know, this asphalt deal is or blah, 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 blah. And, and the, the, those are misconceptions. So I want to give them a shot. I'm not telling any of these guys like, Hey, this is your shot, you know, to, to go to the next level or take the next step. Right. I'm like, guys, this is a fun day. This is a great experience. I want you to see it. I loved it. It was awesome. I need you to see this. And so that's what I'm going to do. And, and those are the things that I need to offer like our local guys. You know what I mean? Like I want them to see it. I want them to, to, to go to Daytona and, and just see all the things that are involved in that the, the spectacle that it is. And as long as they can do that and have a good time with it, that's just something I want to do. I mean, I'm, I'm 47 and still trying to run a sprint car. So I'm actually probably not that smart, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I just, and, and I, I love people to, I'm, I mean, that's kind of why I think I'm hoping this racetrack thing works out for us. Cause I, I want to see people, I want to see the fans there having a good time. I mean, I want to see our racers happy in at the end of the night. Like I, that's things that I want. And so you know, I'm always thinking about, all right, how do I do that better? You know, I'm not, I'm not the promoter that's running to the, you know, how much should we make tonight? How much should we make tonight? You know, cause that's a thing that's real. I mean, you gotta know it's important, but if that's your motivation, you're going to have a struggle because there's just going to be bad nights. It's just the way it is. And if you get wrapped up in that stuff, you're screwed. I mean, you really are. And, and you've got to come at it. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in intentions and, you know, you, you, you're going to have to have a, a, a strict set of intentions with this racetrack thing and dealing with racers and fans and everything else. And I think as long as I provide them, you know, with some opportunities to do stuff, then it works out because people then will want to come and be like, hey, I'm, I want to run for Atomics points. So now maybe I'm not working. I'm not looking at uh, 14, you know, 14 modifieds. You know, maybe I got enough guys because if we're going to do it, I'm going to open it up to all of our champions um, of our series. You know, I, I, I originally said all of our championships are 100% attendance, and I'm going to stick to that. I'm hoping to stick to that. Um, but um, I, just, I, just want them, I just want the guys to see it. I just want them to understand, you know, there's, there's so many levels to this, and not everybody's ever going to get to do it, and there's nothing wrong with local racing. There is nothing wrong with going to your short track, having your job, living your life. That's okay. You don't have to go. I'll tell you right now, the, the big boy game is tough. Appreciate what you have at your local tracks. But, you know, these are great series, and it's a good time, and it, there's a lot of good people in it. Just enjoy it. It doesn't matter what level. Just just go to the track, have a good time, and enjoy it. And that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. All right, so I got two more questions here. Uh, the first one was when Jim Neer, when we used to come to uh, come race there with the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars, Jim Neer would hop in a car and he'd be out there racing with us as well. Uh, what do you think? You know, you've got the experience. Uh, you, do, you, do you have a 410? Can you put it out there? Yeah, I do. I got a couple of them. Actually, what's funny is a couple of the cars that I have are Jimmy's cars. So um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should blame Jimmy for all this because he's kind of <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the dark cloud in the background. Um, <laughs> I absolutely want to race. Now, Jimmy is a 
far better driver than than I am and uh, probably ever will be. But, you know, Jimmy was lucky. He started early. You know what I mean? And that's, man, I'm so jealous of the guys that started racing, you know, when they were young and stuff. But um, I will race. Uh, absolutely will race. Uh, the last time I was at Atomic, I back flipped one. Uh, that's when the wall was there. Over the wall in turn two, destroyed the car. Uh, it used to be a pretty good bump in one, and I hit that bump, and the car got the porpoising, and, you know, off we went and destroyed it. So uh, I've still got the, the uh, scrap metal in my barn now. but um, That's not uh, too do, far from the work area, though, so you're, you know, good yeah. shape there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, hey, we're, we're, we're fine. And, uh, you know, we're just on fire a little bit. Put it out. It'll be all right. But, uh, but yeah, it's um, I definitely am going to race. I mean, especially, as, you know, I see all the work. Um, the guy at the track, uh, Jay Helton, who has been, you know, huge for us, um, he – has been so he had to step in because uh, Fred Davis uh, had been there for years and he really was kind of everything. And Jay was his helper with the day we signed the deal, Fred broke his hip. And the only thing I said, I'm like, Hey, I don't care what happens with this racetrack, but Fred's got to stay. Cause if Fred doesn't stay, I'm screwed. So I have to have to make this happen. And Fred gets hurt. Jay has to step up. You know, I didn't know what to do. And Jimmy was there. And, but now that I, have used Jimmy and, and he's been super, super helpful. Um, and we, you know, we talk about racing, uh, he'll tell you, he'll tell you straight up, don't race. If you're going to have a racetrack, don't race plain and simple. Don't do it. But like every other racer, I'm not that smart. So <laughs> I will absolutely race just because we work so hard on it. Like I'm hoping like during some local nights, like I want to race, like that's what I want to do. You know, do I have any, any business on a track with gravel and sweet and those guys? Nope. Ain't no way. Um, I know my place and I'm fine with it. So, uh, but it doesn't mean I love it any less. And it's, it's kind of like, I think you all get it too, because you're probably in the same boat. You know, <clears throat> I don't get to drink a whole lot anymore because I'm too busy. You know, I, I don't do drugs I, I, apart from what some Facebook page, uh, posts say. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, it's funny. I've, I've been called a crackhead and a Democrat and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, these guys like, uh, I, don't, I don't know how you got to that, but, um, so um, I just, uh, I want to, I want to really bad because now the track smoothed out. Track was great last night. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw any of this stuff from Lucas, but they ran 50 laps in 17 minutes. I mean, that event flied. I, it was, it, fl- it flied. Yeah. Great. Good English. See, now I'm already, I'm already like corrupting my brain. It flew. Everything went perfectly. And I want to be on that track. I see these guys out here racing. I want to be out there. Cole Duncan testing on Wednesday night. I couldn't stand. I mean, I'm like, oh my god, I miss it. I mean, Cole was setting down some, you know, almost. I mean, he ran five laps, eleven zero, getting around a three eighths mile. That's getting it. That is getting it. I think that when the world of outlaws come with the sprints, you know, as long as everything works out the way we hope it does, that's going to be an insane show. I mean, those boys are going to be bad fast, and it is going to be. And not only was it bad fast last night. You're talking three and four lanes. You had guys running all over the track last night. It was really, really cool to see. All right, my last question then. So where are you watching on uh, this weekend? Why are you, where are you going to watch the big blocks? Are you an infield guy? Are you uh, in the grandstands? Are you in the tower? Are you in the flag stand? Where, where are you watching from? I'm everywhere. I don't know. It just depends. I can't – I can't. I got stuck Wednesday night um, uh, race directing for our test. It was the worst thing I'd ever done in my life because <laughs> I just – I wanted to be, I'm used to walking around. Like I'll walk around the pits and talk to everybody. And, you know, I, I want to check in with everybody that's working too. Like 
hey, what's going on at the pit gates? Are we okay? Like, what's going on? I, I'd want, and I just felt so isolated in that stupid tower. Like, it drove me up the wall. I couldn't, I was up there a little bit last night, you know, with the crews and all that. And we, man, we had our PA system, of course, you know, goes out last night. And so we couldn't do our invocation. We had a flag ceremony plan and we didn't get the flag up. We got destroyed on Facebook. You know, I can't believe you, blah, blah, blah. You know, people just go nuts. I'm like, you know what? The PA system went out. I've got two pastors that are in our tower, Bruce Hines, and, and, and who is our announcer, who is a great announcer, and Rusty Remington. There, Rusty literally left to go to church and came back. <laughs> do you think those guys don't want to do an invocation? Like, I mean, but it was a broadcast event. You guys know this. When, you know, when you're doing big events, there's, there's powers that, that, that at play here that you just, it's, it gets me on your control. And we wanted to. I mean, we wanted to so bad. Uh, so yeah, so we caught holy hell on that about the flag and this and that. Um, but I'm, I'll, I'll be everywhere. I mean, I run back and forth and left and right and just trying to just kind of keep an, a gauge on what's going on in the facility. Like I said, I saw the lines and the concessions. I hated it. You know, we've got, got to do a better job in that. And, and that's the only way you do better. You know, if I'm stuck in a tower all night and everybody's happy, well, we had a good night. It was great. You know, what's the problem? That's not the case at a racetrack. Like I said, all those other little facets will creep up and bite you. So I like to be out just walking around, seeing what's going on. Um, and then that way I can maybe, you know, if, if I can provide a, a solution to an issue before it becomes a problem, that's kind of what I like. And that's how I like to function in general. And, and that's what I do. I'm, I'm all over the place. And, um, and the good thing is I usually dress like a bum, you know, because we're at a dirt track. So, you know, nobody has any idea, you know, not, I mean, not like I'm somebody, but, the good thing is a lot of people don't know to even ask me like, Hey, I got a soda and it was flat or whatever. Um, so I can just roll down the midway like everybody else and walk around and, and it's awesome. And, um, and that's, that's what I like. I, my, I got my Apple watch. I walk around. I did, uh, uh, 23.1 miles last night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's my new exercise. It, so that's your new, like, don't do Nutrisystem. Just buy your racetrack. You'll be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure. Well, I'll try to uh, stop by and uh, catch you at some point and make sure you're doing all right throughout the night this weekend. Cool. But uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Really appreciate you coming on and doing this interview with us. Hey, I appreciate the time and I uh, can't wait to see everybody this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, have a good day week. See ya. Yep. See ya. Thank you. All right, guys, I tell you what, I think he's as excited as anybody. I love the passion that he's putting into this already, and just and we got to learn that in just that conversation with him. Yeah, but it's exciting. Um, I'll be there. I'll see it uh, firsthand to it's see it. how these uh, big blocks do around the 3 mile of time, which will be fun. Is it your first time going there? First time, that's for sure. You'll enjoy it. It's a really racy place, high-banked. Um, and, uh, I, you know, what those guys have planned, he already talked about, as he mentioned, uh, fixing some things in the pits with uh, new concrete and things like that. So um, I think the drivers are going to like it. It's going to race great. These guys are really going to like it. I'm trying to think of what to compare it to in the Northeast, but I'm not sure that it does. I think it will be a unique uh, experience for those guys. I almost want to say a bigger Fulton. Yeah, could be. Might be the best way to. That's a, not a bad way to put it. Yep. Aside from uh, just how cool the track will be, we have a pretty exciting field of drivers for the tour this year. Um, obviously, we saw all the exciting action down in Volusia, five different winners, five races, uh, the HBR team coming out swinging, Peter Britton, Matt Williamson, Stuart Friesen getting wins. Um, and now we have just 
a whole host of big names going full-time with us. Alex Janikowski uh, signed full-time. Obviously, he's the one that got the uh, surprising win at World Finals last year. The 17-year-old, still in high school. Uh, pretty cool story there. Matt Williamson going for nine titles this year. And obviously, Atomic is kicking off the championship season for everybody. Uh, new $60,000 payout for the champion this year. Uh, going Starts the road to that race. And then, obviously, both races are super dirtly guaranteed uh, starter awards on the line too. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think this is, you know, the excitement and just, it keeps building for the super dark car series here this year. And I'm, I'm really excited to see who takes it because I, I mean, we're not making predictions or anything. I think somebody's going to have a good shot at beating Shepard. I, I, well, yes, I think so. I think, um, I think, you know, we talk about this whole list of drivers and, and as Nick was naming them off there. And I started thinking, you know, a big block modified it, atomic speedway is lending itself to a Max McLaughlin type of night. <laughs> you know, we'll see with the track how the obviously the track conditions could be. Who knows? They could be real. It could slick off. It could be tacky, depending on the conditions. Whatever. I think um, it's the type of a place where Max, Peter, those guys are going to be on it. Um, I would expect it uh, to be a pretty darn exciting race, exciting finish. Um, I think it's really a, a real neat way to kick off the road to the 50th Napa Super Dirt Week. Um, you know, we've got, obviously, we we kicked it off with a great run at Volusia, the five different winners and all that. Now we get into the actual championship battle and in this run all the way up to uh, Oswego in October. And uh, I think coming out of this weekend, there is going to be a big buzz. I th- you know, I think it'll be real interesting to see those guys now that the points are for real. Um, who's going to be up top and who's going to be in that mix uh, battling that for that that role, that title. Well, guys, when we come back, we'll make our picks for all the divisions, including Atomic, and wrap things up and preview the weekend. We'll be right back here on Open Red, Credentials Denied. K1 Race Gear is proud to be the official safety gear provider of the World of Outlaws. Over half the World of Outlaws competitors trust K1 Race Gear with all their safety product needs. Whether it's premium custom suits, gloves, or shoes, K1 Race Gear has you covered. Find out more at www.k1racegear.com and follow us along at at K1 Race Gear on all social media platforms. K1 Race Gear, the racer's brand of safety gear and apparel. And we're back as we get ready for our biggest weekend, I think I can safely say, since Volusia, no question about that, biggest since we started the podcast. Seven races to take a look at, a couple of them co-sanctioned together with our series. But we'll, we'll start off with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars as Bakersfield and Paris on tap this week. Ooh, I guess I got to go first. Brad's due. I'm taking Brad on one of them, and I'm not picking Gravel after this week. Uh, I'll go with Macedo, picking up a second one. You can go. I can go. Um... Well, Macedo's on a roll. <laughs> I mean, I think you almost have to go with him. I, like I said, I, I well, I'll take Macedo at Bakersfield, and I think Brad gets his win at uh, Paris. I think those, like I said, those KKR guys. That's a track where they have traditionally had success. Doesn't matter who's in the car. Um, so there's some notes somewhere that somebody has that are relevant, and uh, those guys usually show up there. Even though they've been a little off, I'm going to go with Sheldon at Bakersfield. I feel like, I don't know why, I just got the feeling that that could be a Sheldon kind of race as it comes down to the feature time. Uh, then for Paris, I'm going with uh, Geo's picking up another win. 
All right. Well, time to talk late models. I feel like that's the one thing we haven't done yet on this podcast. We get not one, not two, but three late model races on Dirt Vision this week. I'm very excited. Starting off on Thursday night, we have the Extreme Dirt Car Series coming up at Lakeview Speedway. The Driding Extreme Dirt Car Series. But yes, yes. It's going to be... Uh, going to be very very interesting to see how this all plays out i know there's a bonus on the line put up by lakeview which is going to be interesting if you can win at both tracks as the world of outlaw case construction equipment late models go to cherokee you get a bonus and it's five grand if you can sweep the weekend extra and as far as i know max player is the only taker on the outlaw side that's going to try to do all three that may change going into this week though yeah so i believe if you win lakeside and the first night of cherokee that's two thousand dollars but if you like you said if if you sweep all three, that's five grand, extra five grand on top of everything else that you're winning. On top of, I believe it's five to win on Thursday, 10 to win on Friday, and 20, I know it's 20 to win on Saturday night for the Outlaws. Yeah, and pretty cool uh, this weekend with uh, Cherokee. It's going to be co-sanctioned with between the Word of Outlaws and uh, Extreme Dirt Car. So a uh, big race for those guys. Obviously, it's a championship race for them, uh, but also uh, a big race in the terms of that'll be the biggest uh, purse they'll be ever running for that is right and you got you got a three guys within 45 points of each other ben Watkins with a 10 point lead on ross bales heading into thursday carson ferguson lurking behind 45 back and with three races a lot can change but start off with the predictions on thursday night i'll go first i'm pulling the upset max blair is going to get the win at lakeview sticking with my outlaw guys not bad i'm gonna say chris you can go again <laughs> uh, i would take the ross bales i'll take ross ross the boss i think he'll, he'll be uh he'll be your winner down there so it's interesting because you need me to stall some more yeah a few moments later nobody's taking the points leader yet that's where I was going to go but I thought that would just be an easy pick so I'll just go with them I'm going Ben Watkins (laughs) easy pick you're talking nothing wrong with the easy you're talking about easy picks before we get to Cherokee I'm just going to I'm just going to come back to that in a second but hey place your mama warned you about Rock Alt Memorial second annual coming up this weekend at Cherokee it's going to be a lot of fun I know I'm always excited to go there and it has nothing to do with the food options that we have at the Speedway, I promise. You know that's a lie. But what, the pickles? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Come on, we all know that. It's the only reason he's going to Cherokee this weekend. That's not true. I'm required to be there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I No, that's why he's not canceling this weekend. <laughs> there are pickles on the line. I, if I, oh, so what you're telling me is if I don't go to Cherokee, I'm still going to be able to go to Farmer City next week. I don't think that's going to work the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of food does Farmer City have? I don't remember. Uh, okay, sure. There's a lot of Farmer City. There's a lot of good, there's good, good food up there's there. There's a reason he doesn't remember Farmer City. You said that, not me. <laughs> but all right, we'll get into Cherokee this week. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a sweep this weekend. I just have a feeling Brandon Shepard is going to win both races. And I know that sounds like an easy pick, but I want to point out he had a win in the split field feature a year ago. He ran second at the Mike Duvall Memorial and he finished 10th. But what needs to be said, and you'll read this in the what to watch for on the world of outlaws website, that he cut a tire in a heat race and battled back to finish 10th in the Rock Alt Memorial a year ago. So Shepard's had three really good runs when you sit and think about it. And I think he sweeps the weekend. I was going to say the same thing. So now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go different. I'm glad you and I are on the same wavelength. Yeah, well, that, that I, also helps. I think I thought Brandon was gonna be. He, I mean, he'll be in the mix. You know that. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's just let's think about this then. So I think you know Dennis Herb. I'll go. I'll. I think Dennis has spent some more time down here, and you know, obviously, he's he's familiar with the Illinois type bullring type you know tracks, and this surface is a lot different. Um. 
but we've done enough racing at Cherokee that I'll, I'll, Dennis has had some momentum coming out of Florida. So I'll, I'll go with Dennis. Um, uh, let's see. I, I might, I might take another Ross Bales in there in the mix. I think Ross will be in there as well. His only career outlaw win was yeah. at Cherokee. So I'll take two Ross Bales, uh, in a, in a Dennis Herb Jr. on your late models. I like that. All right, Nick. Well, I was going to go with Ross Bales, too, but I'll still go with Ross Bales. I'm going to say Ross Bales uh, the first night and Brandon Shepard the second night. I like it. I like it. We're all we're all looking to get points. On that. I, I guarantee you somebody scored. Did, who, who, got the, who got right Friday night? Somebody picked Macedo for Friday, didn't they? Um, I'll say yes because <laughs> I don't think I picked him for Merced. I think I picked him for o- Ocean, but do I still get points for that? I, I mean, don't know because it's two different A-correct. tracks. It's a weird... We're going to have to re-examine this whole system here. Well, we'll switch back to another division that's going to the same track. Super Dirt Car Series coming up. All right. Do I get to go first? Yep. Sure. All right. Well, I- I'm just going to say, and Nick, you'll appreciate this reference, after not picking up the big gator or crocodile out of Florida, as he would say, I think Peter Britton is going to bring some vengeance to Atomic and pick up the victory. He's going to get I one night. I say Vegemite as soon as you said that. <laughs> yeah. That's where you're going this, with that. All right. I only know what that is because of uh, Men at Work's Land Down Under. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That's your 80s music reference of the day. But my other pick, I, I'm not going to say it's an upset because we've seen that the guy can drive. I'm going with Anthony Perego to pick up the win. Yeah, he's in that uh, that four star racing team now. New for him this year, um, so it'll be really it'll be interesting in general to see how they do. But I think they'll be pretty fast. And uh, the best thing about this is it's wide open. We really have no idea going. Into yeah, this, none which of these is nice. none of these guys have raced at Atomic. Even the local guy uh, Rex King Jr. who'll be there. He's been there as a fan to watch, but again, never raced. I think this is the first time ever that big blocks will even be on this track. Yeah, I, well. Just coming off of Florida and seeing what we saw down there uh, in, in knowing sort of the type of racing that we expected Atomic, I'm going to say Max is going to win one of the nights. Might as well say the first night. Um, I think I'd go Matt Williamson on the second night. I think uh, that he's got experience on tracks with some of that banking and things like that where, uh, and I don't think Matt... Uh, I don't think he'll he'll have a problem with it either. So I'll go Max and Matt. I am going to go Larry White and Max. That's probably good. That's not bad either. I think that's not a bad pick either. Especially talking kind of almost Fulton-like. Obviously, Larry is very good at Fulton, knows that track very well. So I think he's going to – he was strong down in Florida in general. So I think this might uh, suit him and uh, be a good start for him for the series. Yeah, he won't be afraid to get his elbows up in there. He's got some of the midget experience and some of that. You know, that's, that's a good call. But I'll stick with my picks. I'm sticking with my picks too. But do you realize because all three of us went away from him, that means Matt Shepard's probably going to sweep the weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's, that's, that's usually how that works. Yep. But we'll see. Uh, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the seven races coming up on Dirt Vision this week, and that that goes apart. That's also with the weekly racing added in. So you got a lot to tune into this week. Uh, anything else for you guys? No, it's season is going to go full bore from here. I mean, you're you're out. We got. Cherokees and Farmer City coming up and just rolls from there and sprint cars obviously they gain steam they come back we'll have our first midweek race coming up before too long at Vado on a on a Tuesday night so uh it, it uh it's rolling 
Yeah, I would say it kind of feels like we've been on a road that had a lot of stop signs, like kind of go, then stop a little bit, kind of go, stop a little bit. Now it's clear sailing. We're on the highway. We're just going to be rolling until November pretty much from here on out. That's what I like. You know, it's nice. I know on my end, it's nice to get back into a little bit of my routine a little bit because I just haven't had that. And yes, Nick, that's because I canceled races. I get it. But, you know, just, you know, lazy. what just <laughs> how race week goes. And I don't even really feel like I get into it this week because Thursday for me, like, for example, for you, you're leaving to go to atomic, but like Thursday's an office day when we race at Cherokee where most weeks it's not because I'm on the road somewhere. So it's, I, I just can't wait to get into that full routine. That's just me though. So we'll have a full report next week of how these races went. That's right. Yeah. It'll be a, be a whole different open red next week. Exactly. Exactly. Have we denied any credentials this weekend? I haven't heard. Uh, I've looked at the emails yet. I did last week. There yeah. were a few. We're sorry. Yeah. There was probably a reason. I, Most I likely. I feel like the one that's come in so far, you're going to accept. So I'm not really worried about that. Is that yours? No. Denied. No, I, I automatically get it. What are you talking about? Denied. You know, we, we got double the coverage down there this weekend. That's right. So I can deny you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'd be a smart move. Though. Probably not. Just, But thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with another episode of Open Red Credentials Denied.